from MPB Think Radio. It's Creature Comforts, the show all about your animals and the animals around you. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today in studio, we have Jason May, who is a wildlife biologist with Wildlife Mississippi and spends a good deal of his time at the Sky Lake Natural Area, home of the largest cypress trees in Mississippi. There are also the oldest trees in the state and some of the oldest in the southeast U.S. Also, the Sky Lake Natural Area has a unique assemblage of animals that live there, and we will talk about them and many other nature-related topics. You can join the conversation by dialing one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. This is Creature Comforts from Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, it's Creature Conference, a show all about your animals and the animals around you. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today in studio, we have Jason May, wildlife biologist with Wildlife Mississippi, who spends a good deal of his time at Sky Lake Natural Area, uh, home of the largest cypress trees in Mississippi and some of the oldest in the southeast. Also, um, Sky Lake Natural Area has a unique assemblage of animals that live there, and we will talk about them and any other nature-related topics. You can always join the conversation by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. And if you happen to miss Creature Comforts every Thursday, you can also catch the repeat on Saturdays at 6 a.m. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing All right, good, good morning. Good. And as always, I like to preface that I am filling in for the awesome uh, Kevin Farrell. So if you're not used to hearing Java Chapman, that is why. <laughs> um, Libby, I know um, last week we had uh, Lynn, Fa- Lynn Foss yes. uh, here on the on the show. And uh, did y'all, did you all went like on a Firefly uh, seeing trip. We have seen. In fact, if I'm, I've got bloodshot eyes from being up, I'm, I don't usually stay up so late. But every night for the last several days, really, I guess the last two weeks, we've been in the woods, starting at about eight thirty <laughs> and not leaving until about ten thirty, and it's been incredible. Almost everywhere we've gone, we found really good shows. But now around my place, they're tapering off. You know, this is like the 18th day or something so getting less and less of them but then i've got friends further north on the trace that are saying theirs were wonderful last night so if you get a chance to get out i would tell the listeners to go find a place they start blinking about nine o'clock and you know keep going on into the night one crazy night i got up at 2 30 and went out there and wow. i mean <laughs> they were everywhere so it they so the late yeah, the, they the, don't have to have an audience to keep showing oh yeah i believe that yeah. i mean i've i've seen a couple um just around my house nothing extravagant but i got kind of excited because um i i had put some uh, floodlights in and uh-huh. as we were talking last you know last week about uh they wanted to be mm-hmm. extremely mm-hmm. dark and you know 
we, we weren't outside. I have an alarm on the house, so I just turned those lights off, and you could see the they they started popping out and and, and flashing. I was like, okay, now now I get it. <laughs> I bet you were having those big dippers. Probably they tend to be the ones that will be in neighborhoods and in yards. I guess originally they were on prairies, and they come out earlier. So that's they, it that's was the it was it, it was uh, like right when it got you know get started yes. by seven thirty, just after dark. Mm-hmm. You can see those big dippers. The synchronous ones that that are only for a couple of weeks are the ones that we've been seeking out, and they don't like to come out until it's just completely dark. Okay. So, you know, 9 o'clock or so. And you really wouldn't see them around, I guess, because we have that um, that light pollution. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think inside of the city of Jackson. We've tried behind the museum a couple of times there in LaFleur's Bluff State Park, and there are some, but not as many, and I think it's because it's lighter. Okay. And um, I know you said you wanted to mention about an event that's happening at the museum. Well, the museum has a new dinosaur exhibit, which everybody likes to see. And um, uh, be the dinosaur. Look at that. Oh, that's a... (laughs) Is that not good? Oh, it's walking. (laughs) We're watching a video of, uh, what does it say, be the dinosaur? Be the dinosaur. At the um, Mississippi Museum of Natural... uh, (laughs) Natural Science. Of Natural Science. And it it was a dinosaur. It was a dinosaur on a leash. <laughs> it is a, it is a, it's a character, but you can't really tell that it's a person in there from here. It, it looks a lot like Jurassic Park when he walks around. And I know to the kids, that's pretty, that's, that's something to see. In fact, it was a little too scary, so they uh, put those flowers in her hair, and they've named, given it a girl name. Okay. It's, it's a, <laughs> then the kids are kind of willing to go pet it after a while, but it's pretty impressive. Anything um, been going on at the at, at the clinic, Doctor Major? Always uh, seems like it's been fair number of uh, altercations between dogs, dog fights, which even among friends sometimes there can be some uh, either over food or jealousy, and uh, <laughs> some of those we've seen some uh, just well. Long story short, the fleas and ticks are beginning to make a, a real stand. Uh, we're still seeing parvovirus and uh, some distemper. I know we had a report saying that uh, a lot of distemper had been reported in raccoons this year. And we're also seeing a fair amount of distemper uh, in young puppies, especially from shelters and this sort of thing. So uh, be aware, vaccinate your animals, make sure that they're up to date. And it goes without saying that we need to have year-round heartworm prevention, heartworm protection here in Mississippi along with uh, other vectors such as mosquitoes, uh, fleas, and ticks. Yeah, I just gave my, um, on the 23rd of every month, I, I give my dog, uh, I think it's Trifexis. Right. Yeah, the um, the pill, and I have to mash up so many <laughs> of those peel, uh, peel pods <laughs> well, so, she, know, so she'll eat it. They, they say uh, that dogs love it, but some of them don't. And you have to be inventive sometimes to get them to take it. Make sure that uh, the uh, dog gets it all. And uh, that's a good one. It takes care of fleas. It takes care of intestinal worms and prevents heartworms. So that's a good uh, uh, heartworm medication that you have your dog on. Yeah, I like it. It, yeah, it encompasses everything. And uh, we have Jason May um, here in the studio um, from Wildlife Mississippi. But before, well, I think you can help us out with this question. We got an early caller, uh, Lee from Woodville. Uh, we want to go ahead and uh, talk to talk to Lee real quick uh, about Oxbow Lakes. How you doing this morning, Lee? Good morning. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? All right. All right. 
Uh, what I would like for the panel to do is explain, first of all, what are Oxbow Lakes to the listeners? Also, what are uh, in fact or what habitat the bald cypress plays in Mississippi? And also, right across the Mississippi line into Louisiana and Southeast, we have Cat Island, which is a swamp, and they have one of the largest bald cypress in the area. Can you talk about that? And I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. Well, I appreciate you um, calling in, Lee. You you jump you jumped ahead of me a little bit. I had I got the bald cypress and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and everything on on the notes. But uh, go ahead and um, exp- explain for him, uh, Jason. Well, an oxbow lake is essentially uh, a, at one time was part of the river. Um, you know, um, river meanders over time. Uh, flood events change the course of the river, um, and the curvature or bow of the lake is where you get the term oxbow. Um, typically, um, the deepest part of the oxbow is where the lake is located. Um, not all oxbows are uh, connected to the rivers anymore. A lot of them, uh, uh, since the rivers have changed course, are no longer uh, part of the river. Um, flooding events may uh, backwater, you know, flood back into these lakes, but... Uh, they get you want to reconnect. That's yeah. right, right, right. Do we have any, um, uh, I guess, examples here in, in, in the state? Um, well, there's quite a few, especially in the area where I'm from, down in the Delta. Um, you know, um, Lake Ferguson, um, Lake Lee. Some of those are, are lakes that are within or on the inside of the Mississippi River levee that uh, still connect to the to the river during high flood events or if they've been channelized for, uh, you know, tugboat industry and stuff like that. Um but there are lakes that are no longer connected to the river system. Um, one we're going to talk about today is Sky Lake, um, uh, Eagle Lake, as Libby mentioned earlier. Um, you know, there's and several other smaller, smaller ones. You know, across. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into everything, I guess uh, tell us a little bit about your role um, with uh, Wildlife Mississippi, which is um, one of the underwriters here at the program. So we do thank them for support supporting creature comforts um, every time. But uh, tell us a little bit about your your role. Um, well, I'm a biologist at Wildlife Mississippi. Um, I assist in a, a lot of different activities, um, helping uh, with wetland restoration in our WRP and WRE program. Um, one of our biologists that was on uh, maybe a month or so ago, Rob Ballinger, helped him out a good bit with that. Um, we also have a couple sister organizations we run over our office, uh, help assist uh, looking at conservation easements and things like that. Um, but also, a uh, big thing I've been helping out with is um, working on these little recreation areas for uh, people to go out and uh, enjoy, uh, you know, get out and and whether it's a boardwalk or, or a trail or or uh, things like that. So, yeah, more about that uh, that interaction with nature. You right, know, we right. always want to encourage people to get outside and and just kind of unplug a little bit. And you you right. you, you will learn something. And uh, if you want to join the conversation this morning, uh, we do have some open phone lines one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can always send an uh, email at animals at mpbonline dot org. We have Jason May in studio with us from Wildlife Mississippi, and as always, Doctor Major is here uh, to help you with your pet questions. Now, tell us about the uh, Sky Lake Natural Area. Well, <clears throat> the Sky Lake um, WMA or Wildlife Management Area is uh, now owned by the state or run by the state uh, Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Um, 
our role, Wildlife Mississippi's role in uh, helping develop the wildlife management area was uh, working with the governor's office and the Department of Wildlife to acquire the initial uh, 733 acres, I think is what it was, or the core area of the wildlife management area, uh, which is where our, our the Sky Lake Boardwalk is located. Um, since then, um, we have worked with um, and, and, uh, and gathered some funding through uh, the Department of Wildlife's Recreational Trails Program, uh, the Federal Highway Administration, and, and and so forth to uh, build and develop the boardwalk at Scott Lake. But since then, the the, the Corps of Engineers has added um, close to 3,500 acres on, and in the area around Scott Lake, and it has been restored to bottomland hardwoods, um, you know, oak species, uh, cypress species, stuff like that that would be native to the area. And uh, now the area is roughly 4,200 acres. Um, you know, um, the, the boardwalk area is kind of carved out from the management area because the management area allows uh, some draw or limited hunts during hunting season. So the boardwalk area we kind of keep as a sanctuary, if you will, for people to go out and enjoy. So Yeah, and I've uh, learned that you uh, got this from uh, Peggy and Mark Simmons, like the, the, the first chunk. Right. The, the-, the initial, the initial uh, acquisition was owned by Mark and Peggy Simmons. They actually live right I live at Sky Lake, um, you know, just a few hundred yards past uh, the boardwalk area, um, you know, and it was really their goal along with a lot of others, uh, specifically our uh, Wildlife Mississippi's founder, Clark Reed, to kind of help protect these large cy- cypress trees and, uh, you know, make it available to the public. So now that's a good thing because I know a lot of places when you uh have these areas and they try to carve them out and set them aside. They bring in plants and things f- that are not native just because they think it looks looks nice or something. But right. you all want to keep the natural, the natural preserving deal. what's there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think we're going to go ahead and go with our first break for the hour. We're um, sitting in the studio with Jason May from Wildlife Mississippi. We're talking about the Sky Lake area and the animals, also the cypress trees. And if you have any questions for Dr. Major, he is ready to help you. You can call in, join the conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Creature Comforts after the break. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Creature Comforts, and today we're talking about the Sky Lake Natural Area with Jason May from Wildlife Mississippi. You can also join the conversation with a question or comment, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven 
672-7464 or send an email animals at mpbonline.org. As always, Libby Hartfield is joining us and Dr. Major is here and we actually uh, have a pet question on the on the uh, the hotline. <laughs> we have uh, Stephanie in Oxford. Uh, Stephanie, how are you doing this morning and what's your question? Uh, I'm doing just fine. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing okay. Uh, so I have uh, two dogs, and I prefer to give them the NexGuard uh, flea and tick medication. Yes. Uh, just because, you know, it's a chewable tablet. You only have to give them once a month. But uh, so the weight ranges on that. It goes from, like, 5 pounds to 10 pounds, and then, like, 10 pounds to 20 pounds. Yes. Uh, one of my dogs is 9 pounds, one is, like, 12. Could <laughs> I give them the, the same weight class, or should I go ahead and just, Kind of fork out the cash for both uh, for for the different weight options. In general, they're proved to be very safe, and in, uh, in their development, they mm-hmm. they dose anywhere from probably four to ten times the average dose that an animal would have to check out the safety. I would say that it would be perfectly fine on the ten ten pound dog and the other dog to give the same uh, same size. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, That's Stephanie. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie, for uh, calling in. And you can get your questions answered, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Jason, with the Sky Lake area, we were talking about it, but where where is it actually located? It is actually located about eight miles north of Belzono, um, slightly west of Highway 7. Um, um, you can... Uh, once you head north on Highway 7 from Belzona, you'll, you'll see a uh, Sky Lake Wildlife Management Area signs and some smaller signs that direct you to the boardwalk as well. So, And I know you have a, um, a nice parking lot out there. We do, we do. Um, was it by MDOT? Or I, I, I could well, be wrong. <laughs> well, th- there was multiple, uh, there was multiple uh, groups or organizations that we collected the funds from. Okay. Um, but there was Sky Lake. The boardwalk area itself was developed in two phases. Um, phase one was essentially when the boardwalk was created. Um, planning for that started in 2006, uh, but it wasn't until the summer of 2010 where Sky Lake was the lowest it had ever been in about 50 years. Um, I can remember going out. Um, that was my first project to kind of go out and, and kind of help oversee um, with cement trucks, cement trucks down in the bottom of a, a cypress lake, you know, it was pretty dry. So, um, but yeah, the the parking areas. There was one uh, area developed during phase one was initial parking, but we added an additional parking area uh, for larger like school buses, tour buses, and stuff like that. And this was open, I think, officially in twenty fourteen, two thousand fourteen. Um. I'm not sure the actual, actually, when it was open. It may have been 2014. Though. I know you can um, get information from uh, SkylakeMississippi.org. And one of the, one of the pictures, it was, uh, I guess, the grand opening. Uh, it it kind of touched me a little bit. Uh, Bert Case was was front and center, and okay. you know we lost we lost Bert a, a couple couple years ago. Um, what's the history of this uh, Sky Lake area? I know um, is Native Americans have a, a little piece in this. Correct. Um, like we talked about earlier. Um, Sky Lake was once part of the the Mississippi River. Um, um, the river, as it as it carved through the landscape, you know, it created ridge and swell um, and natural levees. Um, it's thought that Native Americans inhabited the area um, upwards to sixty five hundred years ago. But the latest or the oldest known um, time frame from 
they know that they were there for about 4,000 years. Um, and there's a, actually a site just a few miles back towards Belzona known as Jacktown, mm-hmm. right, uh, where there's actually a few Indian mounds there as well. So. Yeah, those Indian mounds are so. Uh, it's one right across the bridge um, in Vidal- Vidalia, uh, right. Louisiana, right. and I see it, and it's just so. It's just amazing to me. <laughs> let's um, what let we have a caller on the line, Sue from Beaumont. We're going to get to you in a minute, but uh, talking to us about these cypress trees, these wonderful old majestic. <laughs> right, right. The trees here um, are truly amazing. Um, you know, being a backwater swamp area. Um, and seeing often floods, you know, um, high nutrient content. When the fluctuating waters come into these these uh, low-lying areas have essentially let these cypress trees grow to exponential sizes. I mean, these these are some of the oldest and largest in the state, if not in the planet. And they're cousins to the, the mighty redwoods, right? Correct, correct. Okay. This table and all of us, could sit around in more than one of them there and they're hollowed out so you right. really could get in there i mean there's been wet we there's one we call the wedding tree <laughs> well, you go so in there and, 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 yeah, and say i do they got married in there yeah okay that's pretty nice um <laughs> let's go to the phone line sue wanted to talk about the cypress tree sue in beaumont how you doing this morning hi how's everybody today <laughs> I, I want to ask a question, and, and I'm so glad that, that cypress trees are being protected because they're they're most beautiful. Like to me, they're just they look ancient. They have a, they've probably been around since dinosaurs, right? Yes. They, they just have. I, I love di- I, I love the uh, cypress trees. But anyway, I heard a couple of years ago about cypress trees being harvested from the Everglades and all over to make mulch. Is that still going on, or has that has somebody put a clamp on that? I really honestly couldn't answer that question. I, I've never heard of uh, a cypress being used for mulch. I mean, I guess it would be a, a, a long-lasting mulch, of course. Um, the only alternative that I've ever heard of is, is pine mulch. So. Mm. Yes, there was a big, big scandal about that. People were taking uh, cypress trees out of the Everglades Correct. illegally, I assume. And uh, the, the, mulch, the companies that make mulch really like it because it had a reddish color to it or something. Okay. Right. Oh yeah, and, and, and cypress is is really rot resistant too. That's mm-hmm. well, that's another and um, and I think that's maybe one reason why you know, like I said, long lasting. So thanks for the yeah. good work you're doing. All right, thank you. All right, thank you for your call, Sue. Uh, yeah, those cypress trees. I I think I did see something about that that they were, um, you know, I guess over always over harvesting of trees and these cypress trees. Um, they these are they are protected, right? Like you can't come and do anything to these trees at Sky Lake? Um, well, yeah, with being within uh, a state management area, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't venture out there and try to do anything to the trees, especially, um, you know, with as many eyes that are out there now along around the boardwalk. So, but no, yes, I would. They are protected there. So. And how old? I guess like she's the Susans as dinosaurs uh, are. They, how old are these trees? Right, uh, tree ring biologists have actually been on site and. Um, taking core samples of, of some of the logs that have fallen, uh, some of the old trees, and some of the one, some of the trees that are still standing, and and they're documented to be within a thousand, 800 to 1,000 years old. Um, but on some of these, they believe they're, lo- they're older. Um, some of these trees are hollow, like we said, and they believe they could be upwards of 2,000 years old and some of the oldest on the planet. Now, with them being... So, oh, well, I guess my next question: what what are the what are the knees of the cypress tree? That was so interesting to me. Cypress knees. What's well, going to be like, I, about six feet? 
eight feet. Well, they yeah, there there are some at Scott Lake that tower over a six foot person. You know, six to eight foot tall. Um, the Cypress knees, the 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 actual, they're not real sure what they serve. Um, you know, stability in the, the wet areas, of course, they're part of the root system. Um, you know, it's probably one of the main uh, reasons for the cypress knees. But also, um, maybe to get above air, you know, to, to, uh, to get up above the water level and, and for air. Because so I, I always wonder what those, the, I, I just say those knobby little things <laughs> right. are poking up. They're not trees, they don't have any leaves, but right. it's just. Does a uh, knee ever sprout? <laughs> Maybe a bad question. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I won't. I I would venture to say that they will. Um, you know, trauma to a knee or something like that may cause a a, a shoot of some sort. Uh, but you know, I, I not very often. I would say so. Now with uh, with these with these trees being so old and um, especially like you say, some of them being hollow, uh, we have a, abundance of wildlife that takes advantage of these of these trees. Right, right. And what um I guess what what animals are um native, I guess, to the to the Sky Lake area and, and kinda of use the trees as a Well, there there's a lot of different um cavities that can form in these trees. Um I know from the boardwalk itself, you know, the largest tree there is, is hollow at the end of the boardwalk. Um trees like that would be great den trees for bears, um, the black bear. Um Yeah, that's what I was surprised at. It's you have a sky lake and you have the boardwalk. Right. But you're going to potentially run up on a bear. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, it's possible. You know, uh, bears cover, they cover a wide, wide area. Uh, they they travel a good bit. Um, typically, they stay close to a general area if there's food um, or if they're nest or denning, you know. So, is this um, a good, it's not a camp, it's not a camp area, is it? It is not. It okay. Is not. okay. It is not open to camping. So. Okay. It's just day use only, but, uh, but, but also some of the, the smaller cavities in the trees, um, you know, are perfect for, uh, different types of birds, uh, wood ducks and things like that, so. Okay. Well, if you've been to the Sky Lake area, or if you just want to join the conversation this morning, uh, we do have some open phone lines. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Sitting here talking with Jason May from uh, Wildlife Mississippi, and always uh, Dr. Major is ready to take take some of your pet questions. Uh, those birds, um, I guess maybe the bear could be considered this too. Are what cavity nesters? <laughs> Yeah, when well, they use them to, um, you know, to spend the winter time, and the, right. the females got to have a place to have babies. So a, a big hollow cypress is a great place for them. They have to be up above the water level, but I think they're pretty smart about knowing where right. to get. And these trees are are awfully tall, and the hollow right. part extends up high enough that I think there's places that they can get. Okay, and you can um, also what hear the hear the wobblers out there. <laughs> yes, warblers. it's a good place to go birding. <laughs> right. Prothonotary warblers, especially, are all over the place. I've, um, um, Perula I've, warblers are out there in the in the uh, Spanish moss. Correct, correct. Um, numerous migratory uh, songbirds, um, yeah. summer tanagers. I've seen summer tanagers out there. Um, that, down in the lake bed, you may have a different type of species of of songbirds on the out. You know, out in the uh, the uh, open grassy area. 
uh, bluebirds. Uh, I've heard bobwhite quail, uh, you know, a variety of species. Uh, Bruce Reed mentioned that his favorite thing out there is to listen to the peleated woodpeckers drumming that's on those big trees. That's what I was just about trees. to say, the woodpeckers. They, you can hear those out there. That's an unbelievable <laughs> echo in those big trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> giving that, giving that, that Great percussion. Right? Yes, because yeah. it's hollow and it gives that nice little sound. Yep. Oh, this is Woody Woodpecker. Uh, we're going to take, we'll take a, a second break for the hour here on Creature Comforts. Uh, we're sitting here talking with Jason May all about the Sky Lake area, the animals, the cypress trees. If you want to join the conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 Or as always, you can send an email at mpbonline.org. We're going to have more Creature Comforts right after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we're back here on Creature Comforts today talking about the Sky Lake Natural Area with Jason May from Wildlife Mississippi, which is, uh, where, where is it again? Right outside of Belzona, yeah, right? It's about eight miles north of Belzona on Highway 7. Okay, so if you want to go take a trip and enjoy some some good nature, uh, go ahead and visit the Sky Lake area, uh, or natural area, and take the, take the boardwalk. We were talking about some of the animals. We said you can uh, see some of the wood ducks out there. Also, you may run up on a on a black bear. <laughs> um, but the the these old majestic and lovely cypress trees also uh, have some bats out there, right? Maybe. Yes, I would, I would <laughs> say so. Bats, yeah. <laughs> so you can uh, uh, see some uh, see some interesting things. You know, you don't think about bats unless it's I don't know something. Something creepy. A cave or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something something like that. Also, um, uh, you have the broad banded water snake. It's just all different kind of animals out there. Uh, even an alligator in the swamp. It's a swamp, right? Correct. <laughs> I would, I would, I have not seen one from the boardwalk, but I would definitely say they're out you know, there. Now that you mentioned, I haven't either, so we're going to have to look. <laughs> oh, you haven't mentioned either the paddling trail. Correct. Maybe oh, yes. We're going to ask him about it, but yeah, that's that's a really cool right. feature. The paddling trail um, is, is approximately 2.6 miles. Um, it leaves the boardwalk area, the parking area. Um, it kind of covers different areas of the swamp that you might not be able to see from the boardwalk. But there is a segment of the trail that carries you to the larger trees that are, that are uh, shown by the boardwalk. The wildlife viewing from a canoe or, or kayak is tremendous. I've, I've paddled the trail numerous times, taken photos, you know, when, when I designed and laid out the paddling trail. Um, plenty of ducks. Um, I've actually seen deer swimming in the water oh, wow. out there. Um, 
wading birds, songbirds, fish, snakes, you name it. It's 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 full of wildlife for well, sure. It's a great place for a family to bring their kayaks or or come in a canoe and Right. And I bet you if you go out there and you had uh let's just say like a three sixty camera or one of those GoPros, mm-hmm. like it just would be a nice it's a nice afternoon with some good good footage. Right, right. Yeah. And, um you can actually go to the, the SkylakeMississippi.org website and and uh there's a, a small video or short video of, of where I mounted a Go GoPro to a kayak and, and kinda of paddled a portion of the trail that's documented on so the you website. Got it. So you got you kayaked? I have, yeah. Oh wow! I don't, <laughs> I don't do that, <laughs> or I have not done that. <laughs> you need to. It's it's it's, it's fun. It, it's it's a whole different experience than just walking out on on a boardwalker, or, you know, or a trail or something like that. You, you know, different type. You may see different wildlife. It's just a whole totally different experience. Okay, because I didn't um, know I, having a deer swim. I've only seen a couple, <laughs> couple on the road. <laughs> oh, talk about the um, the Cypress Tupelo um, Swamp is one of the, the world's most productive ecosystems, and you know protecting this area. Correct. Um, like we said earlier, it's, the areas are high in nutrient value um, with uh, the floodwaters. Um, this, in turn makes the Cypress Tupelo Swamp one of the most productive forested ecosystems on the planet. You know, it produces more biomass than any other forested ecosystem. Um, this, in turn, provides plenty of wildlife food and, hab- you know, food for wildlife and habitat um, for, a, you know, a number of species of wildlife. And especially with um, your organization, Wildlife Mississippi, the importance of protecting an area like this just for the you know the state as a whole, speak speak to that. Well, it, it's important to protect these kind of areas because, uh, quite frankly, there are a lot of these areas that aren't left, you know, especially of old growth timber and, and cypress uh, like that are at Sky Lake. But another reason why we should protect areas like this is because they can help with uh, floods, um, flood retention. You know, they can hold backwater flooding, which is a big big issue, especially in the South Delta along the Yazoo River and, and things like that. Sky Lake is actually kind of connected in a series of lakes uh, that eventually empty into the Yazoo River just north of Belzona. So backwater flooding, you know, um, it can help with that. Um, now, a lot of times I, I don't think people have their forward think, thought to think like that because they just see, like we were talking earlier about the cypress trees. It's a, a very um, um, non uh, it were very resistant to decay, a kind of uh, expensive tree, a good, you know, a good hard working tree. And people would say, oh, cypress trees, let's cut those down and, you know, and get and get and get, get uh, a little money off of it. But not r- realizing the importance that they plays to that area. Right. Yeah, that's um, that's that's that's, that's nice. One eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four is the number you want to call if you um, want to have been to the Sky Lake area. I, I would like to hear from somebody who's actually been out there, or if you want to know more about it. Also, Doctor Troy Major is here, uh, ready for your pet questions. Um, uh, Jason, tell me a little bit more about some of the things that are going on with Wildlife Mississippi. I know you have a a number of um, uh, you know things that you guys work on throughout throughout the year, right? Um, we of course we we do a number of things. Uh, we're a lot of habitat driven um, conservation work. Uh, you know, re- restoring uh, bottomland hardwoods, um, things of that nature. We also work um, on conservation policy where we um, you know 
develop a program, help Congress or, or um, all to develop programs for landowners to use on, on their lands. And um, we also, um, you know, outdoor recreation is a big thing, uh, like we're talking about today. Um, we just recently opened up uh, uh, a new trail in northeast Mississippi in Amory that's it's one, about one and a half miles long, but um, it provides uh, plenty of uh, interpretive signage uh, for people to go out and learn about different species of wildlife, different uh, habitats, ecosystems, and, uh, and you know, pretty important conservationists in Mississippi and, and across the, the nation. So. Okay. Let's, uh, we do have a caller on the line. I want to talk about these beautiful, <laughs> majestic uh, cypress trees. We have uh, William in Starkville. How you doing this morning, William? Good morning. Um, I, uh, I'm having a little trouble hearing on my phone. I'm going to jack up the volume here. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, uh, a story that I heard from a distinguished uh, forester, now retired, uh, uh, Mr. Frank Trotsky of Columbus, Mississippi, who decades ago told me that he encountered a, a Siamese pair of, of cypress trees or conjoined trees that... Uh, were somewhere in the delta, and uh, fires and campers uh, at around the hollow base had completely cut off the, f- the first tree, and it had grown into and attached to and was completely supported by by a second tree. And I've wondered, does anybody know of the existence of that uh, of that pair of trees? I'm not familiar with with that those trees or the location, but I will say it. it it happens more often than you would think. Um, okay. Yeah, trees, and I've seen um, new, not even the same tree species, two different species that may grow uh, close enough together, you know, to where the trees essentially look conjoined. But uh, It's interesting, well, this, yeah. This, these were actually, the second tree was feeding the first one. They, they right. Been wow. Completely uh, uh, disconnected. Wow. Um, anyway, I was hoping some listener might know of it and, uh, and that, and identify a location. These were, these were huge trees, he said. So I've well, always been curious. Thank you. Right. Apparently, sometimes they will conjoin and make a much larger tree. Sometimes it's hard to tell. In Mexico, there's a tree in Oaxaca called the Tule tree, T-H-U-L-E, and supposedly it is the biggest diameter of any tree in the world, probably conjoined with several, but they're all together now. And it's over 100 feet around. Uh, wow. It would be worth, if you're ever in that area, to go see it. My son and I had opportunity to see it years ago, but uh, it is a uh-huh. huge tree. Wow. That is big. And, it's a cy- <laughs> and, it, and it is a cypress. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that is a very, that's 100 feet around. I well, can't even prob- imagine. Probably more than that, and I hesitate to say because I'd be wrong, but I know it's 100 or more. Yeah. But you can tell that it's like several it's it's hard to tell because they've all grown together, but apparently that did happen, and wow. uh, it's uh, and it's, really it's, tall is it? Uh, it's very tall. It's not real tall. Okay, it's it's more uh, I'll say bushy. However, you can see it towering over the community. But uh, I'll bring a picture of that tree yeah. and show you. Uh, I've got one somewhere. I'll see That'll if I can bring. See. <laughs> now the cypress trees at the Sky Lake. I forgot to mention. Um, you, they also um, may have a bald eagle or two uh, in the nest up there at the top. I know we had. Um, I have seen nests there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for the bald eagles. Mm-hmm. I, 
we had the bald eagle. I forget his name. I'm sorry. Uh, the bald eagle guy. Oh, probably Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Reed. Yeah. Bruce Reed, yeah. Bruce there we go. Yeah, yeah for a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if you miss any of our uh, past shows, you can always go to mpbonline.org. We've been talking about a uh, number of past shows. Go to mpbonline.org slash creature comforts, and you can catch all of our uh, past shows in podcast form for any of you uh, who missed those. And you could also subscribe. Um, Libby, I know this is a live program, so somebody called you out a little bit. We were talking about fireflies. Yes, when we were talking about fireflies, I forgot to mention that we're doing a program Friday night. That's uh, tomorrow night at Clinton Community Nature Center. And um, Paul and I passed by there a few days ago, and or a few nights ago, and there were uh, some really good uh, synchronous fireflies blinking in the woods there at Clinton Community Nature Center. So we're going to try to find them Friday night, starting at 8.30. Anybody that would like to join us there, it's a a good, safe place to go at night with your family. And since it's a, a weekend night, maybe that won't be too bad. It won't be like a school night. So if you can show up and uh, Friday night about 8.30, we'll be out there probably until at least 9.30 looking for fireflies. Sounds like a good time because, I, like I said, I was surprised that I saw them when I saw them. So I, I don't know. It just reminds me of being in, as a kid in uh, in Natchez. We used to see a lot of them yeah. <laughs> down by by grandmother's house. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take our last break for the um, for the hour, Chris. We uh, gonna get to your call as soon as we come back after the break. But if you want to join the conversation, one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Talking with Jason May from Wildlife Mississippi. Also Libby Hartfield, Dr. Troy Major are here with us, and we'll be right back after the break. For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Back here on Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman, filling in for Kevin Farrell, um, trying to do a good job, <laughs> sitting with Jason May, also Dr. Troy Major, and Libby Hartfield. Uh, we have a caller on the line, Chris from Biloxi, wanted to comment. We're talking about uh, conjoined trees, two or three cypresses, making like a super cypress. Uh, what do you got for us, Chris? Uh, the gentleman that called, uh, wondering about the location that his friend told him about uh, those trees. Uh, that's actually in Sunflower Wildlife Management Area. If uh, you park at Campsite 79, uh, I believe that's called the Blue Lake Camp 
underground area. Uh, there's actually a little nature trail right through there that's about a half mile long, and it's about halfway down on your left. Thank you, Chris. That was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, it really right was. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, as soon as you started talking, Chris, Libby was like, yes, that's... <laughs> I hope he's listening. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Yeah, we appreciate we appreciate that, Chris. You um, Have you ever been out to the Sky Lake area? I, I haven't, but it's on my list now. Okay, yeah, go out and have a uh, have have a good time. Looks like you enjoy enjoy your nature. We appreciate you for calling this morning. Thank you. All right, we got another caller on the line, Georgia from Hattiesburg. Let's uh, let's jump to her, Georgia. How you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. All right, what do you have for us? Well, it involves wildlife, but it is in our attic, raccoons. <laughs> Never a good thing. Uh-uh. <laughs> they, they're they near the chimney at a place there's no crawl space we can get to. Mm-hmm. They've gnawed two holes, one near the chimney and one at an easier access place. We plugged that hole with half-inch particle board, and they spent two nights gnawing through. We don't know if it's a single raccoon or if it's more than one. Do we have any any, any remedies for, the, the, for Georgia? Can you tell how they're getting in there, Georgia? It, they drop down from a limb on a big maple tree that's close to the roof. Yeah, you're going to have to close that off because they've got to be going out to eat. Yeah. You want to, yeah. If you can block it off while they're outside, that is, maybe, you know, certainly what you need to do. Maybe it's, take that limb off that uh, is hanging there where they can get in. Well, it's most the tree. Oh, oh gosh! You almost have to take that tree okay, down. Okay. And the other place. They can get on the roof, and we did, when we had the one blocked off, we were concerned that it would stay up there and die, so we let down the disappearing stairway partway in the concrete, and in the garage. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. And as we were driving up, I saw him head out the carport, (laughs) and... So he used that. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Is it anything such as like a raccoon repellent? I don't know. I don't know of a thing that's going to repel them. You're going to have to fix the the hole that they're going into the house. You're going to have to make that. One thing she may consider would be also there are professionals that uh, will come. You have the number, I think, at the museum, or somebody does. Yeah, there's a but there's a critter catcher, it, and I think they they may go to Hattiesburg yeah. too. There's a guy that might come and trap that one and move it. And they they but do still, a humane, you need to get humane. the house fixed in such a way that yeah. they can't get back in there. Right. Are they trying to? I always think about the intersection of nature and uh, and neighborhoods. Are they coming for food, or you know? Well, yeah. they seem to like that place. That's just a hangout. There's no crawl space nearby. It's We don't know if there are babies. We heard some sounds of scratching and were beginning to wonder if the house was haunted. Yeah, you don't want to close the babies up in there. That's, yeah. that's what we're afraid of doing. Yeah. The, the critter catcher. We might have to just look that up and... Uh, 
and get that off of the website, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Can you look that up and yeah, get that off the website and see if you can um, get somebody to come and tell them that there could be babies in there? Of course, yeah. they'll think of that, I'm sure. Or, Georgia, you can uh, you can uh, send us an email at animals at mpbonline.org, and we can yeah. send you the information for the critter catcher. All right. I will do that. All right. We appreciate you for calling this morning because we do we do want you to, you know, always enjoy wildlife. But if they come too close, then we just have to. That's why I don't understand the black bears at the Sky Lake. <laughs> you want to take the boardwalk. But I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's uh, smoky walking. Around. Trust me, they're they're more scared of you than you are of them. So. OK, <laughs> they haven't let us see them yet. Right. Now, if somebody wanted to uh, visit the Sky Lake, uh, Jason, this is, I guess, your, your, your pitch. You got a you got a sales pitch for them. <laughs> well, I would I would certainly. Uh, say you know get out and and you know it's a simple day trip for most people in the state um you know it's it's kind of central located especially in north mississippi um but yeah i mean it's it's a chance to see something that's truly amazing some giant old ancient cypress trees you know anywhere from uh, eight to hundred or eight to a thousand years old and possibly two thousand uh but not just for the trees but for the wildlife uh there's numerous wildlife viewing opportunities and and a lot of uh uh, signage that that can tell you a little bit about the area, the wildlife that's that's there, and 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 you know just real informative. So, because I saw that it is um, educational. You're not Correct. just you. You know, I, I like going out and um, knowing what I'm looking at. I mean, I, you know, I've never been, so you see the little markers down there, and you can you say, okay, well, this is that, and, you know, now I know what I may be uh, looking at. But the boardwalk, I'm a, I'm, I may have to make a day trip myself, yeah. like you say. And it's you nice. can bring your kayak and your your, you your paddle paddle boat. If, if, if the water levels, um, the water levels tend to drop pretty significantly in the, uh, you know, late spring, summertime, uh, typically the winter, um, early spring, early spring maybe early summer depending on rainfall um you know uh, like i said earlier the lakes are sky lake is kind of a series part of a series of lakes that there's a water control structure that the corps of engineers controls you know any kind of backwater flooding if if the water in the lake is too high and, and it's flooding surrounding areas and the yazoo river is low enough they will release some of that water um you know to prevent any additional flooding uh but if the river's high and the backwater's high, you have ample opportunity to go out and, and, and do some paddling. So. <laughs> get your kayak, get your kayak on. Uh, That's right. Now, are there are there any um, I guess attendees or people out there? But it's it's, it's on your own, right? Right. It's, there, okay. There's currently no one uh, stationed on site. Um, okay. It's it's just routine managed managed by uh, Department of Wildlife. So okay. Well, that's a, it's a, you know, sometimes people try to come in and interject <laughs> in, in, in on what you're doing. So I guess it's a good thing. Um, Dr. Major, before we get out of here, you got any uh, anything you want to let, let the people know? Mm, everything. We've, we're going to be back in the 90s again by this weekend, I think. Make sure your uh, pets have plenty of water, shade, and, of course, uh, protection from heartworms, et cetera. So uh, just use good common sense. Uh the dog fights that we see usually are uh, uncalled for, and they can be avoided. So just take care of your pets. Okay, just make sure everything, everybody's healthy and happy. <laughs> this uh, Memorial Day weekend, we didn't even mention that. But uh, this is Preacher Conference uh, production of Mississippi Public Broadcast and Think Radio. Funding is provided in part by Wildlife Mississippi, a statewide organization celebrating its 20th year of conserving Mississippi lands, waters, and wildlife. And contributions from listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous shows, mpbonline.org slash Creature Comfort. 
Sports. Today's show was engineered by Jay White, and our call screener was Jay White. For Dr. Major, Libby Hartfield, and Jason May, I'm Java Chapman. Up next, MPB Season Pass with Jay White. And tune in next Thursday, 9 a.m. for Creature Comforts, only on MPB Think Radio.